Hey, this is Chris Torres. I'm the youth pastor here at Embrace Fellowship Church, and this is the Embrace Students Podcast. If it's your first time tuning in, welcome. Thanks for checking us out. I hope that you can enjoy today's message. Amen, 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 amen. Wow. Guys, I'm excited to be back from Reveal Conference, to be in this sanctuary. I know not everybody in here went to Reveal Conference, but is anyone still missing missing Reveal Conference? Anybody missing it? I thought that was Hunter at first. I was like, Hunter, you didn't even go. <laughs> um, guys, I know for a fact I am missing. Uh, the worship was really good. We, we had an opportunity to speak to some, oh, I'm sorry, speak to some incredible people, but also get an opportunity to connect with some uh, incredible people as well. And we had a, a guest speaker in the Connect Lounge for us that we got poured into. So I know Reveal Conference wasn't just for you guys, but it was also for us in a way where we all got refreshed. And honestly, I had an incredible time. We got, we got the opportunity to hang out. Uh, we had an opportunity to get, get into really deep talks. Who here had, a, had any deep talks in their, in their hotel rooms after service, right? I mean, my, I think my favorite drive home ever was in the church van on the way back. Because for four hours, we basically played some worship music. And if you, you're, two, you're one of two things. You're, you're a liar or you're a sleeper if you say you didn't sing along in the church van. Because we were playing some bops in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it was an incredible four-hour drive back. Uh, DA read his Bible for a long time. It was incredible. I was like, dude, let's go. But um, it, it, it was a great time. Uh, and... and before we get into tonight's message, um, if you have your Bibles, you can turn them on. I got that from Chris Estrada. Uh, or you can flip to them. We're going to be reading Romans chapter 8. But before we get there, um, I want to talk to you a little bit about this series tonight. Because as we're getting ready to dive into this, I honestly feel like God has appointed uh, such a time for this message. It's so timely, I feel like, right now in this youth group because um, it. it it could easily be something that becomes life-changing for you if you were to just pay attention, if you were to just lean in tonight and let God saturate your heart. So tonight, I want to encourage you, don't let the enemy distract you from tonight's message. And don't let your friends distract you tonight. Because distraction can keep you from God's promises. Some of you may need to move seats right now because you're sitting next to someone that's going to distract you. It's okay. No offense. You can get up. That's okay. Look to your neighbor and say, I'm sorry, but you're a distraction. <laughs> some, of you, some of you are in here tonight, and let's be honest, you get distracted way too easily. Way, way, way too easily. But tonight, I just want to say, let's lean in together. Let's lean in together. Ben. Thank you. You know, the guys found out this weekend how easily Solomon gets distracted. Not, not, not Solomon in the Bible, but Solomon here in the youth group gets distracted. And I don't mean to call you out. I love you, Solomon. But it's actually kind of funny how, how similar he may be to uh, the dog in the movie Up. Anybody know the dog? I think his name is Doug. Is it Doug, right? And he, squirrel! You know, <laughs> Because, listen, 
mid-conversation, right? It's after service. I'm trying to get into some really deep talks in the van. I'm asking people, hey, how's it going? You know, how was service for you? And, you know, I was trying to really just let the Lord move, and I wanted to talk about his goodness. And, you know, D.A. begins in the front seat. He's pouring out his heart. He starts crying. He's, his tears are edging. Minute there, right? <laughs> no, uh, D.A. wasn't crying. But, honestly, I was just trying to have good conversation uh, with everyone in the van and Solomon just kind of out of left field. They're just kind of far. It was so random. We were mid-conversation. He just goes, have you guys ever had five guys? Have you guys ever had five guys? I'm like, Solomon, yes. Do you see the way I look? I've had five guys. But that wasn't what we were talking about. You know, at first I thought it was just because he was trying to avoid the conversation, but in reality, this dude just gets distracted really easily. And actually, I want to talk to you tonight really about the word distraction, because when you break it down into two parts, when you trace it back into its original language, it literally translates into two words. It translates into drag and apart. You can put that up on the screen for me. Drag and apart. I want you to remember this because later in the message I'm going to refer back to it, but, but think about it, right? When you get distracted, you get dragged away from the very task at hand. You get dragged away from the goal that you have set in mind. Just by a show of hands, does anyone here like reading? Anybody like reading? Wow, it's a lot more than I thought it was. For those of you who didn't raise your hand, maybe I should ask it this way. Has anyone in here tried reading? Anybody in here tried reading? Okay. So now that should be everybody, uh, hopefully everybody. I'm pretty sure all of us are literate. You know, I'm pretty sure we can all read. I would hope so, at least. But anyways, maybe you know where I'm getting at in this. But have you ever tried to read a book, and you read the whole page, and none of it, you'd retain no information? Anybody, anybody, you ever read something, and your mind was literally so distracted thinking about something else? So everything that you just read, none of it went anywhere. It's like it just came up here, and then, and you're just sitting there. You know, I have to think about a time when I was in school and I was reading this book, and uh, it was an easy book. It, <laughs> uh, the book actually had really big font, so it was easier to read. Uh, I didn't like reading, so uh, the bigger the font, the less I felt like I had to read. And uh, I was sitting there trying to read the book, and man, I was so distracted that I literally couldn't retain any information that I read the same page that should have taken me maybe 30 seconds for at least five minutes. Like, I, people were looking at me. They thought I was spaced out. They probably thought I was on drugs. Have you ever been so distracted that you look spaced out? Anybody in here? I mean, I look like I was probably coming off of a high, but in reality, in reality, the truth was I was just too distracted. Look, look to your neighbor and say, distracted. Distracted. My, my mind was dragged away. And some of you here today have fallen victim to the distraction of the enemy. I need you to get this tonight. The enemy wants nothing more than to drag you away from what God is trying to do in your life. Come on, somebody. The enemy wants nothing more than to try and set you apart from the promises that God has for you. The enemy wants to distract you. The enemy wants to take you away. The enemy literally wants to set you apart from God. And so tonight, as we get ready to dive into the message, I need you to lean in with me. Would you lean in with me? 
because distraction can so easily keep you from taking a hold of everything that God wants from you. You should have had enough time to turn there. Romans chapter 8, verse 5, and it says this, For those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on the things of the Spirit. A huge way to win in your spiritual life is to take your eyes and ears off of the flesh, which is easily so distracting for us. And so maybe you're asking, what is the distraction of the flesh? What is that? What does it mean? Simply, the distractions of flesh are the temptations that you may face, the lies that you may believe in, these things that can easily distract us from God, the things that the enemy wants you to focus on more than God. So if you want to win, if you want to succeed in your spiritual life, instead of having your eyes and ears on the flesh, do what the Bible says and tune into the Spirit. God's Word says those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on the things of the Spirit. So when we quiet the desire and the distractions of the flesh, we can know what God is saying and doing. Would you pray with me? God, thank you that you're here tonight. Lord, I just pray that these students in here, that these leaders, that these volunteers, that anybody that's in this room right now would just listen. God, that they would just be open to you. God, that any distraction Lord, we rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Lord, anything that may want to keep us away from you, Lord, we bind and cast it out in the name of Jesus. God, I just ask that tonight you would move into this place, Lord, that you would just begin to start saturating the hearts of the students in this place. We love you and we thank you and it's in your mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. So tonight we're going to be diving into the story of 1 Samuel and it's in chapter 17 and Many of you may know this story, and if you can't tell by the, the, the sermon graphic, uh, it's the story about David and Goliath. And so I'm reading from the message version because it's a little bit easier to kind of see the flow of things. Um, but let, let's just jump right in. First Samuel chapter 17, starting at the very beginning, it says, The Philistines drew up their troops for battle. They deployed them at Soka in Judah and set up camp between Soka and Azekah at Ephes Demim. I'm not sure if I said that right. Saul and the Israelites came together, camped at Oak Valley, and spread out their troops in battle readiness for the Philistines. And the Philistines were on one hill, and the Israelites were on the opposing hill, with the valley between them. So you've got two armies. We're going to pause right there. We've got two armies lining up here. And if you've ever seen Narnia, anybody ever seen Narnia? Is that a good, is that still relevant, Narnia? At the end of the movie, there's two armies that come together. And in between them is a huge field. And so when I'm reading this, I can just picture, it's so cinematic in my head. Like, I just see two armies coming up, getting ready for battle. And this story continues. And in fact, it almost takes an abrupt turn here. Because something unexpected happened. So let's continue. It says, A giant, nearly 10 feet tall, stepped out from the Philistine line into the open. Goliath from Gath. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was dressed in armor. 126 pounds of it. He wore bronze shin guards and carried a bronze sword. His spear was like a fence rail. The spear tip alone weighed over 15 pounds. And his shield bearer walked ahead of him. So, 
Let's pause right there because I, I want to show you guys an example really uh, of just how tall Goliath was compared to me. So I've got this, this stick here, and hopefully I don't poke at the ceiling. But this is, a, this is 10 feet tall, okay? This stick stretches out to 10 feet tall. The Bible says that Goliath was maybe just a couple inches shorter than this. Does this give you a picture of how huge this guy was? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, this guy could probably put his whole foot on my torso. Imagine how jacked this guy has to be to be carrying 126 pounds of armor. Come on, somebody. Imagine how jacked this guy's got to be. He's got a spear with the tip, weighs 15 pounds alone. I couldn't carry this for more than five minutes without getting tired. Like, I can't imagine. Wow, that's crazy. I can't imagine how beefed up. How jacked, how tall Goliath actually was. And so, as we move on, I want you to keep that in your mind. Let's continue. It says, Goliath stood there and he called out to the Israelite troops, Why bother using your whole army? Am I not Philistine enough for you? And you're all committed to Saul, aren't you? So pick your best fighter. And pit him against me. If he gets the upper hand and kills me, the Philistines will all become your slaves. But if I get the upper hand and kill him, you'll all become our slaves and serve us. I challenge the troops of Israel this day, give me a man and let us fight it out together. You see, Goliath here, he's bragging. The dude is so confident. The man is literally saying, why are you even trying? Like, give me your best shot. And I'll take him out. Uh, and if you know the story, you know David would eventually come and defeat Goliath. But there's one more verse here, and it's at the very end of this that I want to focus on. It says, when Saul and his troops heard the Philistines' challenge, they were terrified. And they lost all hope. We're going to continue the story throughout this series and like I said, most of you know the ending already. David comes, he kills Goliath. But what we noticed here is that the Israelites seem to have become distracted. Can you say that with me again? Say it to your neighbor, distracted. They've become scared. And as we read through this story throughout this series, we're going to go further and examine some of the things that this giant stood for in the lives of the Israelites. Listen, let me get this clear. You're not David, right? I'm not saying that you are. But there is one thing that I want you to focus on, and it's what Goliath represented. It was a distraction in the lives of the Israelites. You see, the Israelites were promised victory, and yet this giant was standing in the way. And because of his length, his height, sorry, height, because of how tall he was, they were distracted. They were scared. The Israelites were known as God's people. And when they saw how big he was, and they saw his impressive armor, and they heard that he was bragging, it was these fleshly things that immediately intimidated him that made them forget the fact that God had already promised them victory. Listen closely. When we let distractions in our lives keep us and keep our attention away from God, we may miss or be dragged away from the freedom and opportunities that God has for us. Remember what I said earlier about the word distraction. It comes in two parts. Who remembers it? Drag. Drag 
Don't let your distractions set you apart from God's plan in your life. Let me ask you this. How many of you here today are distracted by the things in life that may intimidate you? Some of you maybe say, oh, honesty, I love it. Some of you may be in here saying, you know what? I just got back from Reveal. <laughs> you know, my heart is on fire for Jesus. I am chilling. Pastor Chris Estrada was funny, and he convicted me with the Lord. <laughs> but can I tell you something? When you're at your highest, the enemy will try his hardest. Distraction is going to come. Distraction will come. And even if you didn't go to Reveal Conference with us, and let's say you're here and you did admit, like, hey, I've got some distractions in my life, or, you know, I think I'm just trugging along, the enemy is still going to try to discourage you, to distract you. And I want to encourage you tonight that there are ways to navigate this. You see, David, on the other hand, he knew the truth. He knew what God had promised, and he didn't let anything that he could see about Goliath distract him from what God had said. You know, I found that so easily, very, very easily, we turn away from God and fall quickly into shame. When we mess up, we feel ashamed. When we fall into temptation, sometimes we begin to start falling into fear. You see, it's these things that we easily let us distract us from who God is. And I want to tell you tonight that in Romans chapter 8, it also says that if God is for you, who can be against you? Can I tell you the giants in your life that you may be facing, God is already defeated? The distractions in your life that are trying to take you away from the promises that God has for you can be easily taken down, can be easily defeated with God. So when you feel like you're in times of war with your flesh and the enemy and you, and you want to retreat, I need to encourage you, you don't need to retreat. No, instead, you need to push on. You need to push forward. You need to get closer to God, and you need to rely on Him. Let me show you something that Paul wrote in, the letter, in a letter to the Philippian church. It's in chapter 3, and it starts in verse 12, and he said this, It's not that I have already reached this goal or have already been perfected, but I pursue it so that I may grab a hold of it, because Christ, Christ grabbed a hold of me just for this purpose. Brothers and sisters, I myself don't think I've reached it, but I do this one thing. I forget about the things behind me, and I reach out for the things ahead of me. The goal I pursue is the prize of God's upward call in Christ Jesus. Wow, that's good. That is good. When you catch yourself starting to get distracted from what God has for you, from what God has called you to, when the enemy begins to whisper lies to you, when that website begins to start calling your name, come on somebody, let's be honest, when your past begins to start creeping up on you, when you begin to start falling into some old habits, when that person that you shouldn't be texting texts you, when that lie begins to start festering in your mind, I need you to remember tonight to press on and fight forward. When you see the giants of life coming at you, you're going to want to retreat. You're going to want to give up. And sometimes, let me be honest with you, because life isn't all sweet and dandy once you accept Christ in your heart. Sometimes you may slip. Sometimes you may mess up. In fact, I can guarantee you will because none of us are perfect. But it doesn't mean you can't keep pressing on. 
Let me encourage you tonight again with another verse from Romans chapter 8. Man, Romans 8 is probably my favorite book in the whole Bible, my favorite chapter in the whole Bible, because it says that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Some of you are in here tonight and you say, every time I mess up, every time I slip, I feel like God stops loving me. I feel more and more distant from God. I feel more and more ashamed of God. Listen, you're not perfect. (laughs) And God doesn't expect you to be. That's why he sent his son. But just because you're not perfect doesn't mean you can't strive towards it. You see, I shared this verse because that's what Paul is writing here to the Philippians. He says he hasn't been perfect, but he pursues it. He says, I've forgotten about the things in my past that that I once was. And if you don't remember, Paul literally persecuted Christians. This guy had a terrible past. But when Jesus came, he radically was changed. And he said, forget the past. I'm going to move on towards the future. I'm going to keep pressing on to what God has for me. Listen, I want you to get this. Just because God loves you so much, it doesn't mean that you have a free pass to sin. Just because you have grace and mercy, it doesn't mean that you're free to do what you want. No, instead it means that you can still strive to be who God called you to be. Some of you may think that when you mess up, your relationship with Jesus restarts. It's not true. Grace and mercy let you continue and your fight and your walk with Jesus. Grace and mercy mean that you can actually have true peace and true joy in your life. So tonight, maybe you're the person who can admit that you easily, easily get distracted. I know I do. Let's be honest. Tonight, maybe you say, yeah, I've been distracted. Yeah, I've been distracted from the things that God has called me to do. Maybe you meant well, but you started putting your time and your intention into things other than God. I want to challenge you. Renew your focus. Renew your focus on Jesus. Put your eyes back on him. There's no giant you won't be able to conquer in your life because with God by your side, he has already won the battle. Let me tell you, sometimes pressing on is as simple as putting one foot in front of the other. And I want to talk to you tonight about how we press forward. I want to encourage you on how you can continue on and defeat these these giant distractions in your life. But I, I, I don't want to do it up here. No, in fact, I want us to talk about it in our small groups. And I want to encourage you to talk closely with your small group leader. And I want you guys to be open and to set aside distractions. Because tonight as we get ready to go into our small groups, we're going to talk about how in practical ways we can defeat the distractions of our lives how we can defeat the giants in our life. So tonight, as we get ready to split, I think I'm going to start saying that, as we get ready to split, (laughs) we're going to pray. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes? Jesus, I pray that you would lead these students in times where they feel distracted. God, for those who just came back from Reveal, Lord, I pray that you would help them not look at what was their past. I pray that any time something is distracting them from you, Lord, that you would show them a different way. 
God, would you reveal to them ways to press on? Would you show them ways to fight the good fight? God, would you begin to start pressing into their hearts and saturate their minds? God, set them free from distractions. Set them free from the giants. But I pray that they would open their hearts tonight and be truly honest with themselves. Lord, I pray that you would be over the small groups. Thank you, Jesus, for being here. Thank you, Jesus, for setting us free. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for everything that you do for us. It's in your mighty name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Well, hey, thanks again for tuning in this week. We really hope that you were blessed by today's message. Why don't you consider sharing this message with a friend who may need it? And if you really liked it, subscribe to this podcast to hear more messages like this one. Remember, you are loved. Have a blessed week.